0: FR Boston Free <laughs>
1: Hello again, and my name is Guillermo Hamlin. I am your host for the GwauCast, this top of the hour here on Boston Free Radio. I am so happy to be back. Not that I ever left. However, if you are one of our many podcast listeners, that there has been a brief break. However, that's just because I decided to take a brief break. If you go on our Patreon, if you go on my blog, at blogs.harvard.edu slash you'll know that I took some time to... Do some experimental coordination, to do some experimental bits, coordinating interviews, and pre-recording some segments ahead of the holiday season. And that is all because I care about you so much. I care about you guys. I care about you guys knowing that I have some content for you while I'm out in vac- vacationing up in Maine, visiting my family, or just doing my thing. Maybe I just want to sleep in. Maybe I kind of want to ignore you guys. Not because I hate you, but because I love you so much. And when I do, you'll have some new content in your RSS feed. However, if you ever feel away, if you ever feel that you need the Groutcast in some form or another, you can tune in on BostonFreeRadio.com. Or Boston Free Radio, wherever it is you get your radio apps. A good one that a lot of my friends listen to is TuneIn Radio. You can tune in to Boss Free Radio on TuneIn or BostonFreeRadio.com do a lot of these shows live. However, the podcast is a little bit more uh, coordinated, a little bit more, uh, you know, cleaned out, filtered, and a lot of fun. So by all means, thank you if you noticed my absence and thank you again for those who stuck around and watched the live segments but ultimately thank you for listening let's get into some tracks before we get into our uh... into until we get into our guest we have an anonymous guest today who wants to talk believe it or not about how happy they are that the republicans packed the supreme court if you dare take a listen Reaching out to find a way To make tomorrow a brighter day Making dreams reality
0: More than ever, Nixon, now for you and me
1: And welcome back. You know, the reason why I don't really plan or ever, the reason why I, your host, do not celebrate, observe, or even give a flying about Christopher Columbus, it's just because he didn't set out to do what he wanted to do. Yes, genocidal f up. Yes. Colonizer, yes, Italian, which is a great many number of Italian Americans in Massachusetts or nationwide are feeling away because a great many number of people are wanting to replace his dusty ass with Indigenous Peoples Day. Now, I think that the same shitty people who propped up Columbus Day are. The same shitty people who are trying to get it right with Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm a bit biased. I myself am not of Indigenous background. However, my nationality of origin has been. In the country of Paraguay, there is a substantial population of the Guadani. So much so. So much so. That it is a official co-language with Spanish. The country of Paraguay observes the history that the indigenous population brought to its sovereignty. Something that I feel this country will never do. And if they do, it will be a continual stopgap measures only meant to really accommodate, provide cover for, or bomb the feeling of a substantial amount of progressives in this country. And I know that I'm coming off a bit pessimistic. However, the way I see it, the best way to celebrate, the best way to observe Indigenous people is to empower Indigenous people. There are activists out there that are so underpaid that the mere mention of doing more means having to really expend more of their uh, ability to take care of themselves to really be able to go ahead and secure the promise of a great many number of presumed rights thoughts presumed over But now there is so much more to be done due to the complacency of some the uh, oppression of many the purging of voter rolls, the purposeful messaging of damaging the government, the federal government and the state government's role in enfranchising and empowering their voters to be decisive. And ultimately just knowing that power begets power, it's true, power begets power. And it's at that point that we need to realize that we need to transcend the usual tactics and try to find ways to get our people in power in order to secure the promises of old, to secure the promises of new, and ultimately to secure ourselves and our family members and our neighbors and our friends. It's so frustrating to have to think that so much more work is to come. So, we're joined by who are who are we joined by? This is John Miller. John Miller, how are you John? How do you feel? Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. So, so for how the context of my how listeners you, at home, this is someone who feels the complete opposite of how many of us feel today. And you know what? I feel like this is something that we need to hear. How, how so you feel great. What comes next?
0: Well, what comes next is a confirmation vote. Watching it here live. Um, looks really good. You know, originally I wasn't that excited about Kavanaugh. I wanted someone who was a stout-true defender of the Second Amendment. However, through this process, I really saw what Kavanaugh can actually bring to the court. We, um, and what I think can, he's going to be...
1: Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say... And, and yeah, uh, I think uh, he's going to he be the, the, the most afterwards. powerful
0: defender of the presumption of innocence of speech that we've ever had after this ordeal.
1: After this whole ordeal, all right. And and, and, and uh, down the line, what what? El- what how do, else do you feel he could be effective? Because I feel that you know, regarding the public, you know, you know the you know, you're presumed guilty before you're innocent. That's the general tone here. But in matters of the law, do you feel that we're imperiled when we're facing the law? Well. If it gets all the way to the Supreme Court, then I would say, yeah. Hmm. I mean, Fair. cases don't get to the Supreme Court because they're black and white. Mm-hmm. Very great. So, so you weren't excited about Kavanaugh first. And so now that he's going to be on there, are, are, are there any particular judicial skill sets that you feel he's going to actually bring to it? Because like, in my opinion, even though I vastly disagree with his judicial philosophy, I don't see him up there with Gorsuch.
0: No, I mean that's that's true. I, I'd have to uh, wait and see um, how much he actually does, other than be a single vote. Gorsuch's um, definitely the scholar, but our experience has us. and uh, you cannot say whether you like him or not that this experience won't be a defining moment in his judicial philosophy moving forward.
1: And also, this you know there will always be that obscurity also. I feel that you know people are going to believe what they're going to believe but I think it's just vastly too incomplete for anyone to really chime in. I do do lean more uh, on the side of Dr. Christine Ford than I do Kavanaugh but even but regardless of that moving forward as the way that this shifts the landscape of judicial possibility. It's just so fascinating to see mm-hmm. what's going to come next. Um, what, what,
0: what, 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 well, uh, I, I don't think the obscurity will always be there. I, I, I would like to uh, point to Chairman Grassley and mm-hmm. the actions he has taken okay. to uh, get information from Ford's lawyers, Feinstein's offices, as well as Ramon's offices, and to figure out very clearly how the letter was leaked, how it was handled. Um, I, I don't think we necessarily are going to have to live with obscurity if you can find the answers.
1: Okay. And 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 do you feel like that will I feel that even beyond grass I feel like there are a lot of democratic senators who would want to do the same. Be, you know, we'll see mm-hmm. in particular because of the way that they could protect future cases moving forward because it's very clear that in in the minds of many independent voters that damaged the credibility of the democrats to really be able to dig this into Kavanaugh as a potential if not maybe habitual offender, of the very thing he was alleged to do. Uh, so but but beyond like I, I like to poke your you know, what do you feel come is gonna be coming next in terms of the ability to I don't know, change the way this country operates? I mean, do you feel like unions are are, are gonna be down? No, I has been pretty uh pretty run of the mill. And in, in most
0: of his decisions, I doubt he would be the deciding vote in, you know, any major union-busting legislation. Now, a lot of people, of course, do believe that um, unions have the right to demand everyone in an industry pay into that union. Uh, so, I mean, it's, you know, mandatory due hmm. cases come
1: to him. I think we'll probably know which way he'll side. Yeah, but I believe that, but didn't we already knock that down? For sure. I believe in the last Supreme Court session they may have did. I don't remember the name of the actual judicial title. But that being said, that being said, in terms of what happens next, do you think there needs to be some sort of a reconciliation? Or do you think the war continues between the Democrats and the Republicans and the independents, the vast sum of independents that actually make up the marginal difference of any sort of electoral politics?
0: I would love for there to be reconciliation. I sadly don't see it happening anytime soon. Do you think- uh, I believe that we have 10% on either side that are very loud online. I love the internet and the internet's amplifying everybody's voices.
1: hmm And also, you know, being on this particular podcast, we are like we usually view ourselves as just a cyberspace podcast and we occur and exist in the realm of the internet. And I do agree that this course on the internet has gotten really feisty. It's it's fascinating because in some parts of the world mm-hmm. it's so suppressed that it's all but it's all but like transactional. It's like it's almost to the extent that we feel like as though like we're communicating with some sort of like automated you know, text messenger. But here it's so completely mm-hmm. rampant with freedom. The freedom at anyone's expense, freedom at anyone's ignorance. And it's you know, it's just the way we, we operate. You you can't really uh, decry the sort of education system we have and expect that their conduct online would be anything less or more. And I believe that that's something that comes mm-hmm. with a certain sense of decorum, but at the same time, decorum is not what the Internet is for. The Internet is for a vast uh, a vast exploration of knowledge. Or not. Absolutely. <laughs> well,
0: and now, I will point to California.
1: Which, yeah, California. in my eyes, makes
0: constant, ridiculous laws. However, they recently passed something which I think needs to go to the federal level. Wait, and what? that is that companies will not allow if, if you have bots on the internet, they have to identify themselves as such.
1: Oh, that's good. So we it's have to... a brilliant law, and it needs to be on the
0: federal level because really, and and I'm in marketing, so mm-hmm. I know all about the algorithms that tailor the online experience to the individual user. Based on where you go, you go, you can get a brand new computer, and within one hour, you will have ads and websites tailored to you already serving in front of you we are creating echo chambers for people in real time with algorithms that are technically not even understood by the people at google who are making them themselves because they have multiple teams working on multiple parts of the the algorithm so between the marketing and the online bots, the situation is going to get worse and worse until we can figure out a way to tackle that i thought that part of Susan Collins' speech was actually uh, very brilliant and insightful and I know a lot of people don't like her decision, but I hope they would listen to that part of the speech and agree with it.
1: I agree. I know that myself, I feel that uh, this is just oh, another confirmation that we need to be more mobilized. And I, the, earlier in the show, I, I ranted about the fact that like, it's immediately hypocritical and almost offensive to say such a thing to be able to say, we need to do more when the most of us are doing the least. However, I believe that that's what happens when you really allow this much power to be unchecked. But ultimately, Susan Collins made her deliberations based on how she viewed best. I'm not saying she did so um, illegitimately. But I believe for those who believe that this is a continued series of oppression, the time is now to really begin to build the work so you could see something realized like this 40 years later. Because this is a trifecta. This is a hat trick. This is some, you know, Lionel Messi Republican politics being played here. And I that's why I decided to make sure that we got someone to really get that side. That you, John Miller, are excited about what's coming by. You're excited for this new judicial Absolutely.
0: future. Absolutely. I, I view the Constitution um, as safe for the next 40 years. And it will not be destroyed. You know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, "Is if she was founding a country today, she would not look to the Constitution for guidance. She does not believe in the Constitution. Well, So I- thankfully, we just got one more voice that does, and that can drown her out until she retires from the court.
1: All right. And, you know, and that's the thing, and that's the beauty about this course, is that we could allow disagreements to fluster out there and just cohere. For instance, like uh, I know myself, I pride myself in being able to engage my uh, my you know my guests and stuff, because you know quite frankly I don't believe that anybody should be like the Dave Rubin of anything when it comes to just allowing s- shit to fly. But I, I I disagree. I disagree with you. But the problem is you didn't say anything so egregious that makes me want to like correct you. I just say for those of my listeners, go ahead and check it out. Check out Ruth Bader Ginsburg saying that exact thing, and check it out with the long form, the short form. And with additional commentary, make up your decision. And ultimately, that's why I appreciate John Miller calling us. We have some, we have plenty of time left. In fact, repeal the
0: Hughes Amendment. Just, repeal, repeal the Hughes, Hughes amendment. amendment.
1: Can you um, can you go ahead and talk about the Second Amendment should be untouched? The Second Amendment should be untouched. Yep, shall not interfere. Shall not infringe. See, this is a all done should be legal. See, this is something that I enjoy, and I'm glad that you brought this up. I don't know how you know this, John Miller, but I actually happen to be, you know, a quite staunch Second Amendment. Uh, defender, the problem is I do believe that there are some exceptions, just like most people in this country. Now, I live, in, you know, I live in the state of Massachusetts where I've been told by every media outlet outside of Massachusetts that my gun rights are all but non-existent. But that doesn't feel like the reality of the state I live in. But I do know that when it comes to certain, uh, certain recent events that people are coming after lawful gun ownership. And I do believe that. I believe that there is an expediency that comes from an uncritical relation with media, that comes with an uncritical relation with uh, just chiming in on a vast subject that for a great many number of people, because I don't care how fan of guns any one of you are, uh, we're a minority. We are a we are a minority group interest when it comes to shooting, when it comes to hunting, when it comes to sport shooting, just when it comes to just uh, wanting to be a good marksman. I know that you know I grew up uh, appreciating hunting, marksmanship, and sport. Uh, I myself have views about proportional response. I do feel that if I'm being threatened with a gun. I feel that I do, or any many number of us do have the right for a concealed carry to be able to meet that proportional response should your life be in danger. Now, in terms of the Hughes Amendment, to what extent do you feel that that encroaches on our Second Amendment rights? So much so that it uh, encumbers my ability to conceal carry, encumbers my ability to register guns that I feel are mine, and that to the extent that I'm responsible for them. And also just overall, I, I personally don't feel like anyone's coming after our guns in any meaningful way, just more they're just shaving off certain concessions because they're in electorally complicated places.
0: Yeah, so uh, two two kind of points to that. Um, The first would be that hunting marksmanship and sport are not rights. The right of the Second Amendment is to protect yourself against a tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. So, because of that, we should not be handcuffed by what type of weapon we choose. It is proportional response. And the proportional response to a tyrannical government is to use the most powerful weapon available. Second, the bitch Massachusetts, when I was in Cambridge, I was not allowed to own a firearm. Unless he went to the sheriff, he went through a long process, and got an exception. No right, no constitutional right, should be denied to an American unless they get the okay from some... You sheriff that they uh that they decides who gets a constitutional right and who doesn't that's that's not american what if you had to get a license for free speech now i understand plenty of people support not being able to own certain weapons in certain areas and you do choose where you live um or the right to say you can't bring a gun into a federal building obviously that's understandable. If, if it's private property, or the property owner is always allowed to decide what can occur on their property. But if you own your own property, it is very unconstitutional to deny someone the right to own a weapon on their own property.
1: Agreed. Now, ultimately, what I want to know is to what extent is someone going to be able to take away lawfully owned guns off my property?
0: they won't and there's a hundred million gun owners and that's why calls to ban guns especially the most popular gun the AR-15 are completely ludicrous because you are asking our cops to go into a suicide mission people the, the idea that a government can seize a gun from a, a pri- private citizen on private property is the exact reason why the Second Amendment is written it is a call from the Founding Fathers to say If the government ever tries to take away any of your rights, use the Second Amendment. Plenty of people will say that is violent. However, this country was not started over tea with the British. It was started by saying no to an oppressive government so that we could have the idea of private property and God-given rights. Whatever God or non-God you believe in, the idea is the government cannot go back on its original promise back in 1776, that everyone who was born in America, in the child of everyone born in America, obviously everyone is a loose term in 1776, but we corrected that mistake, um, and now everyone has their God-given rights, no matter what. And yes, the Second Amendment has violent undertones, however, that was the point.
1: Hmm. So I'm going to leave off, because we're almost at the end of the hour, I'm going to leave off my listeners with these thoughts, taking into account what John Miller said. I want you, my listeners, to decide to what extent do you feel that you need to proportionally respond to a tyrannical government. You, it's, I'm going to leave my listeners up to decide whether or not that's the government that you acknowledge, or if this is an act of sedition. I'm going to allow my listeners to decide whether or not there is any sort of... Um, you know, any sort of... uh amendments, any sort of resolutions that you'd like to amend one's particular use of personal gun ownership in the state that they live in, the county, the municipality that they live in and ultimately I'd like to thank my guest John Miller for being branded to jump on a uh, very, uh, I don't know what to, we're, we're, we don't really subscribe to any particular political ideology. We like, to expl- we like to be as open as the internet. But you know, I acknowledge my biases as someone who's a little bit more left-leaning, uh, as independent as I like to believe. John Miller, I'd like to thank you. Thank you. And it was now, great calling in. Of course. And now let's uh, get into some more music. And stay tuned here on Boston Free Radio for What's the Word? Here on Boston Free Radio. Hello there. So... If you don't know much about the Guilecast, we are like an independent radio program, we are a podcast, obviously, but we are also a vehicle to drive community media forward. And that's something that I take great pride in, not only as an individual entrepreneur, but also as a member of the community. I am an employee, I am a board member, and ultimately a leader in the industry of community media. Now... The FCC has been around again, and I would like to read you a uh, letter from the president and CEO for the Alliance for Community Media. His name is Mike Wassener, and it goes as follows. The FCC is continuing its assault on local communities and local media. The FCC has announced two agenda items for its 26th meeting that will cripple city and county budgets and perhaps defund franchise fees. The more immediate order would bar localities from charging rent for the use of public right of way for wireless infrastructure sightings. The impact? Cities and counties will lose billions with a B in potential revenue as more and more telecommunications go wireless. The future will be foreclosed for communities that want to support local media as well as digital inclusion with those fees or even just pave their roads. Once the order is issued, the cable industry will want relief from franchise fees as well. This will increase the political pressure to change the Cable Act in Congress. Expect our allies and local government to issue a legal challenge against the order this fall. If your local government is concerned about money and controlling its infrastructure, you should let them know that they should get involved in those challenges. At the same time, the FCC is issuing an attack on cable franchising itself by opening a backdoor for the industry to drain revenue away from locals. Since 2008, ACM has been fighting against the so-called 6621 orders. Since 2008, ACM has been fighting against the so-called 621 orders which severely limit what kind of support cable companies can agree to when they get the right of use when they get the right of the right to use. Since 2008 ACM has been fighting against the so-called 621 orders that severely limit what kind of since 2008 ACM has been fighting against the so-called 621 orders that severely limit what kind of support cable companies can agree to when they get the right to use public property to make a lot of money again with a B that's billions last year The court said the FCC was acting in an arbitrary and capricious fashion by outlawing in-kind contributions, things like free cable drops to school rooms and cable discounts for senior citizens without defining what in-kind means. We asked the FCC to let the matter lie after they lost in court, but they're at it again. Now they want to claim that anything of value, Anything that's not monetary that you receive in a cable franchise is an in-kind contribution and can be charged against the franchise fees at fair market value. Let me repeat, anything. Backhaul services from your studio to their head end, that's already happening in some states. Electronic program guide access, check on that as well. Advertising inserts on channels that are done at excess capacity, Another free thing that you have to pay for. How about the channel capacity itself? Perhaps. If this were allowed, you would see franchise fees disappear in the U.S. overnight. This clearly is not the definition of in-kind contributions. And most people agree it's nonsensical when you describe it hypothetically. Let me give you a gift because I have extra capacity or the ability to do so out of convenience. Oh, and by the way, expect me to give you a bill for my gift next month." We will continue to fight this every step of the way to protect you and your community. The good news is the FCC is putting this nonsensical position in a further notice of rulemaking so we all can argue the facts and law on the matter. Be prepared to be involved in this battle by looking at your situation and putting together a description that can be used to talk about the impact of such a ruling. ACM will be preparing comments for our field And we'll need your involvement to make our case this fall. Mike Wassener, President and CEO, the Alliance for Community Media. This episode was recorded at Boston Free Radio at the Somerville Media Center at Union Square. If you'd like to hear the hip hop music that we're playing on our program, tune in on Boston Free Radio Saturdays from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. and you can listen to the music live on Boston Free Radio. If you are unable to do so, don't fret. We have our Spotify playlists shown early on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash GSHamlin for your GuaoCast needs. Come on in and check out our Patreon.